0: worship the Lord. Why don't you stand up? We're going to put our hands together this morning. We're going to praise the Lord with all we have. Let's give them our all this morning church. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, you are so worthy of it all. And everything that we have, everything that we can bring to you is never enough to give you the glory that you deserve. God, you just ask for our all. So God this morning we want to lay at your feet. God you have our praise. God you have our worship. God you have our time. and God this morning, this place, we want to lay down our will, and God, we give you our hearts, God, we give you our hearts, all of us, all for you. Hey If you ever... sing this oh, oh oh you can have my Selfish motives. Search me till there's nothing hitting, and I'll give.
1: throne this morning my name is julia i am the young adult minister here um, at the well and welcome on behalf of all of our pastors and ministry staff we are so excited that you are joining with us today you may have noticed our atrium is set up a little bit differently this week we have all of our ministries out there represented and we would love for you to stop by talk to the ministry leaders get to know how you can get plugged in so if you have not done that before this service Go ahead and um, walk around afterwards and find out all the different ways that Anastasia is moving here at our church and in our community. If this is your first time, I want to encourage you to stop by our welcome desk. We have a gift just for you. Or you can text the number 904-441-6900. Or if you're really tech-friendly, you could get out your smartphone, open up your camera, and point it right at that QR code that will pull up our Connect card and also our announcements and what's going on in the life of our church this week. A few things that we have happening on August 13th. Reengage is kicking off at our State Road 16 campus. And if you have not been a part of this, it's for married couples who are wishing to strengthen their relationship. So, whether you would rate your marriage at a two or a three or even a nine or a 10, um, it's a great way to grow together in your relationship and just learn together and be in community with other people looking to strengthen their marriages so august 13th you can check that out and we have great news we're going to be bringing re to the island campus in 2024 so you can test it out there let us know and maybe be a part of kicking that off here at the island and ladies we are less than a week away from flourish i wore my shirt in um, preparation we are so excited ladies of all ages. You do not want to miss it. It'll be Friday night. Our doors will open at 6:15 for food and then we will have a time of fellowship and worship and a word from the Bible. You do not want to miss it. And if you're curious thinking I've never been to Flourish, I don't know what it's like. You're in luck. We have a little video recap from last year that you can watch. 95. So now that you've seen it, ladies, I hope that you will mark your calendars and go ahead and register online to be there. Um, We are getting ready for a new school year and also moving into our new building soon. And we are so thankful for a prayerful church. And we are marking next Sunday, August 6th, a day of prayer. During our Sunday services, we're going to gather here for worship as usual, and then we're going to take time Um, to walk through our new building and pray over it, to write prayers on the floors and just see how good God has been to Anastasia Church. And then afterwards, we not only get to pray over our campus here at Anastasia, but we get to go out into our community and pray over our schools. So we'll be at our elementary, our middle school, our high schools, and Flagler College praying over all of those on Sunday. And I hope that you'll be a part of this. And it's because of your prayerfulness, because of your faithfulness and your generosity and your giving that we are able to expand what we're doing here. And we're able to go out into the community in such an impactful way. So thank you for your giving. If you would like to um, continue supporting us, there's a few ways that you can do that. Um, You can give online. You can use this QR code to connect to our giving link. Or you can find one of our offering boxes that are located around the church. And just thank you so much for your partnership. We are getting closer and closer to meeting the amount we need to be able to close on the new building. And it's so amazing to see how faithful God has been through this whole process. Let's pray. Lord, as we are in your house this morning, We're just so thankful for your provisions, how you look out for your people and how you have blessed us so greatly, Lord. And as we're getting ready to pray through our new family building and pray over our schools next week, Lord, we just can't help but be humbled at how good of a God you are to us. We're so thankful, Lord, that we get to be a part of your great kingdom work, Lord. We're so grateful that you would choose us to help bring your good message to people around our community, Lord. I pray over our offerings this morning as we give to you, Lord, that we would do so cheerfully, gratefully, and in a sense of awe at all that you are able to accomplish. It's not through what we can do, Lord. It's only through what you are doing and will do. We love you. Amen. Amen. Good
2: morning, church. You're going to forgive me today as my voice is is recovering from having a cold, so uh, I'm hoping that it will stay strong this morning. But I'm excited to be here. As Julia mentioned, next week's going to be a special time in the life of our congregation as we get to actually tour the new space of our Next Gen Center, uh, which is going to be our children and youth, and then our rec center, which is going to be our, where our gym is. And so I encourage you to be there. It's going to be a special time for the whole family to tour it. So it's going to be really exciting. Can't wait for you guys. Uh, to be there and pray for good weather, okay? Uh, But we're excited about it. Hey, uh, this weekend is Say Yes Weekend. Uh, This is the second weekend that we've done it. And so it'll be the first time that you guys get to hear a message to go along uh, with what's happening in the atrium. But we really believe it is so important, and we want to give you guys the opportunity to partner with what God is doing here in Anastasia. And so that's what this weekend is about. Um, And last weekend, we had 121 people sign up uh, to serve in various ministries of the church, they said yes, and so i 'm excited uh, for this weekend and what God is going to bring but let 's start here. Is it easier to say yes or is it easier to say no? Come on, what is it? yes or no yes, yes? all right let 's let 's do this. I, I read this uh, uh, Kind of survey of, of families, and, and they were talking about the first words ever spoken by children. And uh, right after mom or dad, do you know what the most commonly spoken word was by kids? Come on, help me out. No, you got it, right? <laughs> most of us don't have an issue saying no, but sometimes when saying yes, we may struggle. And, and I believe that when we talk about giving God our yes, Maybe sometimes we struggle to say yes. But here's the statement that I would make. The two best yeses that you can ever give in your life is the one, the first one is saying yes to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is the best yes that you can ever give in your entire life. The second best is when you say yes to serving him in ministry. Those are the two best yeses you can give. And so this morning, if you have not said yes to both of those, uh, this morning is going to be an opportunity for you to do so. but I think we struggle sometimes on how we should respond to God. How should we respond to a God who's infinite and holy and gracious and mighty? How do we respond to him? And sometimes in life circumstances, we, we, we struggle to know what the right response is. Uh, you know, in some life, in some areas of life, we get help. Uh, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the last couple of years, as you go eat at a restaurant, after you've gotten your meal and, and you're going to pay the bill, a lot of restaurants now at the bottom, they have a little place to help you. I appreciate the help. I'm not good at math, but you'll see a, a couple breakdowns there. It'll say 10, 15, 20, 25. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about? It gives you a breakdown of what your tip should reasonably be for your server, right? And I, I appreciate the help. Like I said, I'm not good at math. But it helps you to understand what your response, what your reasonable response should be. And this morning, I, I want to ask the question, what is our reasonable response to God? What is our reasonable response to a God that gave everything for us? How do we respond to it? And I think we struggle with that question sometimes, but I'm grateful that Paul gives us an answer and in the Word of God. And, and we're going to be in Romans chapter 12 here in just a few minutes, but Just to give you a background, the first part of Romans leading up to chapter 12, Paul is laying down the incredible, gracious God that we have. And he is reminding people of our need for him. He is reminding them of our brokenness. And because our God is so holy that he requires righteousness for us to have a relationship with him, And then he paints this picture that the reality and the bad news is that none of us in and of ourselves are righteous because we have this thing in our life called sin. And when he paints this picture, it almost seems hopeless. But then Paul interjects and he gives us the good news that Jesus went to the cross on our behalf. And even though we weren't righteous, he went to the cross that we might have righteousness. And what he talks about is this beautiful exchange that happens. And the exchange is this, Jesus takes my brokenness and my sinfulness and because of what he did on the cross, he exchanges it for his righteousness. Righteousness. And so because of what Jesus did, I can have righteousness in my life. And because I have righteousness in my life, I can have a relationship with God. So, so much of Romans leads up to chapter 12. And and Paul makes this statement that I wanna focus in on. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12. We're gonna be in verses one and two. And if you can, please stand in the honor of the reading of God's word. Romans 12, verse one says this. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. See, just in these two verses, Paul helps us to understand what our reasonable response to God should be. And and I love in this passage uh, where it says in the first one, uh, what is your spiritual worship? In some translations and even in the, the root word there, if you were to study it a little bit, it is what is your reasonable or rational worship? And, and I want to focus that. I want to ask the question, what is our reasonable response to a God who has given us everything? What is our reasonable response? And, and if you're taking notes this morning, the first thing you can write down is to live sacrificially. Live sacrificially. He says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Paul is saying in view of what has been revealed, in view of what God has shown us, in view of what Jesus did on the cross, the only reasonable response, the only rational response is to sacrificially give of your life, your time, your resources for the God of glory. Now now listen, our salvation does not depend on our response. Salvation was a free gift from Jesus but our response shows our gratitude. Our response shows our willingness to worship our God and our Lord and Savior. And so what Paul is saying is our only reasonable response in view of all God has done is to say, God, you can have everything. I I, I give myself to you, Lord. And you may be saying, Sam, well, that's, that's a little bit unreasonable to say to God. Hey, you can have every aspect of my life. I would say that it's only reasonable because he gave everything and more for us. So, how do I respond? I I respond by saying, God, you can have everything. And and you say, Sam, well, that that seems absurd. I mean, how do I give God everything? No, I, I would say what's absurd, what's offensive, what's unreasonable is to say to God, well, God, you gave everything, but I can give this little bit. God, you gave everything, but I can maybe give 30 minutes of my time a week to you. That's what's being unrational. That's what's being unreasonable. Because if we really see what God has done, it should drive us to a place of wanting to say, God, you can have it all. If you struggle, sometimes I struggle with giving God all that he deserves. It's a real struggle because there are parts of my life that I want to hold on to. But what helps me to see and to give God what he deserves is I like to look in the rearview mirror of life. I don't know if you guys know this, but in your car, there's this little mirror in the center. It's called a rearview mirror. It's really beneficial if you guys have never used it before. But the rearview mirror helps you do this. It helps you see what's behind you. And as you're traveling, you can see what you have gone past. And sometimes in life, I think it's important for us to look in the rearview mirror of your life. And here's what happens when I look in the rear view mirror of my life. I look and I see God showing up over and over and over again. I see his faithfulness breaking through in my life. I see his life changes, Holy Spirit entering my life and changing everything about me. And so sometimes I need to be reminded of all that God has done in my life. If you're struggling to respond to God in a way that's worthy, look in the rear view mirror of your life because I promise what you'll find is that God changed you. What does it mean to sacrifice? Sacrifice is surrender to God. It means surrender to God that which is valuable as a gift to him. Sacrifice is about giving that which is hard to give. (laughs) Otherwise it would not be called sacrifice, right? And and so I, I would challenge you to give God your best. Give him your time. Give him your attention. Give him your focus. Render unto him that he has given to you, your possessions. And so I want to challenge you this morning to sacrifice big for God. Why? Because the greater the sacrifice, the greater the dependence and faith and trust that we show God that we have in him. I love what 1 Peter 2, verse 4 through 6 says. says this, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men in the sight of God, chosen to precious, you yourselves are like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In other words, we in and of ourselves make up the body of the church. Right, I know it can be confusing sometimes these buildings. These are where the church gathers. We are the church, right? And as the church, what Peter's saying here is that we have a response to give of our lives. It's spiritual sacrifice. And if you don't believe in the power of that, I encourage you to think about where we have arrived today. As a church, we've been in existence for more than 50 years. And the way that we have arrived at this place is because so many before us have given so much of themselves, and they said yes to Jesus. And because by saying yes to Jesus, they said yes to serving. And because of what they did, we are able to gather here today. It's through their sacrifice. But I challenge us that we need to continue to live in such a way to sacrifice and to give everything for his kingdom. Second thing you can write down this morning is allow Christ to influence change in your life. Excuse me. He says this, do not be conformed to this world. Paul is reminding us that when we receive Christ, that there should be a change that happens in our life. God calls us to live differently. But here's the good news. He doesn't leave us to live a different life in and of our own power. He gives us the power of the Holy Spirit to live changed lives. How many of you are changed because of Jesus in here? Come on. How many of you are living differently because of the work of Christ in your life, right? Amen. That's the God that we serve. I love, I love to hear in our church of how God is changing lives. I had coffee just a a few weeks ago with a young man in our church and he began over an hour long period to tell me how God had miraculously changed his life over the last two years. Changed his, his family life, it changed his faith life and, and actually on the day that we met, he was celebrating two years of sobriety because of the grace and power of the God that we serve. That's the God we serve and I love it that when we, we surrender over to God that he wants to change us from the inside. He wants us to help live a better, fuller, richer life in him. But can I, can I tell you all a secret? Some of us are resilient to change. <laughs> Some of us challenge change. And sometimes in our life, when God wants to change certain aspects of our life, we, we like to throw up our hands and say, whoa, God, whoa. Hold on a minute. But I believe if we're going to live in a response where a reasonable act of worship to God should be, say, God, here's here's my life. Here's my heart. You can change anything you want. In fact, Lord, fashion me. Fashion my heart in such a way that I may become more like you, more like whom you desire me to be. And so I, I think there should be this invitation to allow God to change you. And the question is, are you allowing Christ to change you from the inside out? Are you allowing him to work in your life? Because our response to God should be, yes, Lord, change my heart so that it may serve you better. Third thing that you can write down is we, uh, what our reasonable response to God is, we need to continually reset our minds on the things from above. Continually reset our minds on things from above. Paul makes this this comment here, he says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Why is transformation in the renewing of our mind? It's understanding of that we are transformed when we focus in on the Lord Jesus, that there's transformation that happens. But why would we need to renew our minds? Here's the reality, because... Things in our lives, in our minds, get out of focus. They get, priorities get misplaced. Things that we're supposed to focus in, we lose focus on because we get messy in our lives. You know, we have this saying in my household is called reset the living room. And it's a code word for our whole family, my kids included, that after a long day when we've, on a Saturday, been in our home and we spend most of the time in our living room, at the end of the day, and if you have kids or have ever had kids, you know by the end of the day things are messy, right? There's cups, there's toys, there's Barbies, there's dinosaurs. There's all kinds of things spread out. There's blankets, there's pillows everywhere. There's Cheerios on the floor. I don't even know how they got there, right? It gets messy. And so we have this code word we say, reset the living room. And it means everybody's gonna take part of putting the pillows and the blankets back where the dinosaurs, I don't know where they go, but he's gonna put them there where they need to go. Everything gets reset. Because here's what happens. When we live in a space for any amount of time, things get messy. Can I tell you where we live? Day and night, we live in this space right here. And when we live in this space day and night, when we face the challenges of this world, when we face tragedy, when we face heartache, when we face hurt, do you know what happen, can happen in here? Things can get messy. Our priorities can get off-balanced. Our focus can get lost. Things that we should put attention on, we, we lose sight of. So what Paul is saying is this, "Reset, renew your mind in Christ Jesus. Renew your focus in on him." See, we, we need a reset in our minds. We need to reset our minds on the things above. You know, if not, what happens is we allow the enemy and the things of this world to take priority in our minds other than Christ Jesus. And in considering all that Jesus has done, he deserves all our focus all of our attention. Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are of the earth. If we're gonna respond to God, to the mercy of God in a way that honors him, we will do well to focus our minds not on the things of this earth, but the things from above, the kingdom things, the things that matter, the eternal things. Not only is it important to reset our minds on the things that are from above to ensure that we give God our best. But I also would say that for us to experience the mental health and wellness that Christ desires in our life and that can, he can bring in our life, it's also important for us to take time to renew our minds in him. What does that reset look like? What does that rest look like? It means spending time to refocus, right? We have the focus of our lives in the word of God. What does it look like to reset? It means taking time just to be alone with God. It means spending some time in solitude. It means taking Sabbath rest. That's what reset, that's what it looks like to renew our minds. If we're gonna give God our best, we need to take time to do that. Fourth thing that you can write down, the final thing you can write down is diligently discern God's calling on your life. He says this, testing, you may discern what the will of God is. In other words, look to know what the will of God is in your life. How? Through prayer, through supplication, through humility, by longing to know, by listening to God, by leaning into God's word. Paul says that there's a test in life that we must pass. I know some of you are like hearing that word test and it's, it's kind of giving you a twitch in your eye, right? Uh, I'll tell you that in my life, uh, I spent nearly 12 years in school after high school. And uh, a lot of that was because I needed a lot of help. I took a lot of remedial classes to try to get to me to the place where I needed to be. But in my lifetime, I have taken a lot of tests. I mean, a lot of tests. I've passed some tests and I have failed some tests. I've taken open book tests. I've taken uh, essay form tests. I've taken multiple choice tests. Any kind of test that you can think of, I've probably taken it in my life. And and a lot of those tests had an immense pressure on them, right? You remember taking those tests where your teacher or, or said, "Hey, if you don't pass this test, things don't look so good, right? Or if you don't pass this test, you don't get to go to the next grade, or you don't get accepted into this school." A lot of weight have been put on tests in my life, but can I tell you that there's only one true test in life? There's only one test that I think when we get to heaven that we're gonna be accountable for. And it's not college algebra. It's not whether you passed comp in, in high school. It's not any of those tests. The true test that matters to God in our eternity is were we able to discern and know the will of God in our life. That is the most important test that we can pass in our life. We need to know it. We need to know what God's will is. We need to test it in our life. God wants you to look and to know what his will is in your life at all times, that it would be a beacon and a direction in your life. You know, in times prior to having a GPS in our cars, which told us every turn that we should make, uh, you know, at sea, especially mariners, how they would navigate is that they would take their compass out and they would get a heading. And they would follow that heading. And if that heading were to take them to land, they followed that heading to the T and they would check it day and night re, uh, periodically to make sure that they didn't get off heading. And you may think, well, if they got off just a few degrees, no big deal, right? Well, can I tell you a few degrees over weeks and months at a time might, make, uh, might determine whether you make your landing or not or misland or not. So for them to be exactly in the middle of the heading that they needed to be was important. For us, we should consider the will of God to be the same. We don't wanna be a few degrees beside the will of God. We don't wanna be just close to the will of God. We wanna be right in the middle of God's will for our life. What's God's will for your life? One, that you would live in relationship with him seconds, that you would serve him. You know, I, I think a lot of times when we feel that nudge from God to say, hey, why don't you step up and serve or why don't you uh, be involved here at the church or why don't you give of your time? Boy, all those what ifs come into our mind. God, what if I'm not good enough? What if, what if they find out, God, that I don't know enough? What if they hear about my past, Lord? What, what, what if, God think for us, we should change our paradigm to all the what-ifs of excuses and reasons why God can't use us, to the what-if, God, what if I said yes and then you used me to change the eternity of somebody else? God, what if I said yes to serving in kids' ministry and I got to share with a little child the good news of you? God, what if I said yes to serving in our parking ministry team and I got to welcome somebody to church for the very first time in their life? What if I said yes to being a greeter at the door and I, got to, I just got to smile to somebody who was having a bad day and change their life? What if you said yes to God and he used you in ways that were unimaginable? One of my, my favorite quotes Uh, from Hudson Taylor, who was the first missionary to China. says, all of God's giants have been weak men and women who did great things for they reckoned on God being with them. Church, in all of our shortcomings and all of our our what-ifs of, God, I'm not good enough. Can I tell you that we serve a God who is perfect in our weakness? His strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so if you have what ifs of saying yes, Lord, and all the worries, can I, can I just encourage you to change it? What if God used you to help change the eternity of somebody's life? I believe that he can, he will do that in your life. At the beginning of the service, I, I, I said that the two best yeses that you can give is the first is saying yes to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And the second one is saying yes to serving him. This morning, as we have a time of invitation, if you haven't said yes to both of those, this morning's for you. I wanna invite you this morning, if you haven't said yes to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it was a decision I made at 15 years old and that has changed my life forever. It's the best yes that I've ever given. God has worked and showed up and shown grace in my life over and over and over again. And so if that's you this morning and you haven't said yes to Jesus, this is a time of invitation. We have decision counselors who will be here this morning. I'll be here. I'd love to pray with you. Or if you want to meet at the welcome desk to one of our volunteers, they can connect you and we'll, we'll talk with you about taking that next step of faith. And if you're here this morning and you haven't said yes to serving him, as you walk out in the atrium, there are dozens of tables set up just waiting for you to say yes to Dozens of ministries, dozens of ways in which God is already working here in this church that you can be a part of it. So why I invite you, don't leave this place this morning without giving your two best yeses. Yes to following Jesus and yes to serving him. Let's pray, church. Lord, we love you so much and we wanna give you all glory and all honor. Lord, it's only reasonable that God, as we see a God who gave everything for our behalf, that as Jesus went to the cross, leaving nothing behind, taking fully our sin, taking fully our brokenness and bearing it on the cross and exchanging it to us for his righteousness. In view of that, the only reasonable thing that we can say, God, is yes. Here am I. You can have all of it. So I pray, Father, this morning that our act of worship For God, be surrender. So Lord, as we surrender unto you, that you would use us. God, all of us declare in unison that we need you. We need you as our savior. We need you to show up as we serve because we cannot do it alone. But Lord, we are so thankful that your spirit is with us. And you said in your word that you would never leave us or forsake us, that you're ever present with us. So God, we surrender and worship you to this morning. Lord, I pray for every person in here, that God, that you would lead them to a place of response. It's in Jesus' holy name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. Church, let's stand, let's worship, and you respond as God leads this morning.
3: of me and more of you I just want
2: by a table that you would hear a little bit more about ministries about how you can say yes to God. We hope to see you next week for our important prayer walk through the buildings. God bless you, church.